Welcome to Arrested, the only live and local show that takes you into the belly of our criminal justice system. Co-hosted by Mike Brooks and Atlanta criminal defense attorney Dan Conaway of Conaway and Strickler, PC. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Arrested. We appreciate you being with us on this Saturday morning. And uh, we've got a lot of good stuff to cover today, Dan. Want to start off? Well, we've talked about this. We've touched on this a little bit before in one of the other programs. Some people call it criminal justice reform, but it's actually the First Step Act. Now, some people say, what is the First Step Act? And and I tell you, I think it's one of the biggest pieces of news that has come out of the Trump administration, but it really hasn't got gotten much press, hasn't really gotten much play in the uh, in the mainstream media. But I tell you what, when it comes to criminal justice reform, this is a huge, huge first step. So what is the First Step Act? What is it? What does it do? What are its goals? And are there going to be more steps after the first step? Uh, Michael, all great questions, obviously. Um, yeah, and, and I would like to address the, the interesting, interesting point that it, there has been limited media exposure on this kind of thing. Um, one of the reasons is that it is truly a bipartisan piece. Right. And that's why you think, you know, you, because we're always saying, oh, you know, the Democrats, the Republicans, uh, they can't reach across the aisle. But with this piece did. of legislation, you know, and it's going into law, it's it, it's huge. They but actually haven't been getting, getting much play at all. No. So, you know, people talk a big game about bipartisan uh, legislation. But the truth of the matter is that. Uh, especially with the media, I would say they like people arguing and yelling and screaming at each other more than they do actually agreeing on something. Right. Um, so in this particular act here, I mean, here you have uh, and just as an example, you have Van Jones from CNN. Yes. And Jared Kushner, both working together to make the First Step Act happen uh, with the support of the Trump administration and Donald Trump and the support of key Democratic leaders. Right. And key Republican leaders. So, In fact, you had Van Jones, who actually penned a, a piece uh, for CNN on 10 reasons to celebrate the First Step Act. Exactly. And, uh, and, and working with Jared Kushner, who is part of the Trump administration. Right. So, you know, so this is a, a true, uh, true bipartisan situation. Uh, okay, so what is it? The First Step Act, it's actually an acronym. I think it's uh, an interesting acronym. First Step stands for, ready? Formerly incarcerated, re-enter society, transform safety, safely transitioning every person. Act. First Step Act. <laughs> All right. So First Step Act. Okay. So it, And it's aimed at drastically reducing, its overall goal is drastically reducing the national recidivism rate by rehabilitating more prisoners while they are incarcerated. And it's considered a major success for bipartisan federal prison reform. Right. Uh, it establishes a system uh, to assess the risk that a person will reoffend, as well as a person's needs throughout their sentence. And this really piggybacks onto um, uh, steps that are taken and are already there within the federal system. They exist within state systems too. Sure. Uh, but so it's really building that up to provide better evaluation, better support. Uh, so that people are less likely to offend again. And uh, the, the goal is that um, not only will it lead to 
better lives for former inmates where they become productive citizens, uh, but also uh, will protect the community because they won't be committing crimes. And finally, uh, it's projected, and we never know, but we hope that the projections are right, by the Congressional Budget Office projects it should save about $414 million taxpayer dollars over the next 10 years. So it does a lot. Now, there's a bunch of benefits to it. Sure. Uh, the key, one of the biggest key benefits includes giving more discretion to federal judges when sentencing drug offenders. So they're basically going to be changing the federal sentencing guidelines. And eliminating some of the mandatory minimum, stringent mandatory minimums, and allowing some mechanisms already exist, like a thing called safety valve. I'm not getting into all the te- technical sure. aspects of that. Safety valve always, already exists, but it increases the discretion under safety valve so that judges have more discretion. And this is in line with moving forward, giving judges, federal judges, right. more discretion uh, in sentencing has been something that's been going on now for almost a generation since the mid-2000s. There was a series of opinions by the uh, Supreme Court that gave back federal judges their sentencing powers that had been stripped almost entirely away in 1987 by the federal sentencing guidelines. So it kind of rebalanced it. And this works to rebalance it again, both by changing the guidelines again, expanding safety valve, limiting the impact of mandatory minimum sentencing in some ways, and whom it applies to and things like that. So so depending on the charge, whether it be uh, for, let's say, a drug charge where the offender had no weapon, there was no violence involved, uh, there were certain mandatory minimums, depending on the amount of drugs someone would have, does this mean that the judge, that he or she can basically... Uh, they don't have to go by that. They can make up their, not make, I don't want to say make up their own rules, but that they have um, more discretion yes. on whether they can, they want to have either upward or downward departure on the time that uh, they're sentencing someone to. Exactly. And, okay. And it's really a, uh, a situation where the, um, by giving the federal judges more discretion in sentencing, you're eliminating two concepts, not eliminating them. Can't eliminate them completely. Right. And at times they can be useful. I'll say that. At times they can be useful. But, and there's a but, <clears throat> two things that I really don't like. One is our zero tolerance policies. I understand them. They are sometimes necessary, especially at the level of law enforcement, meaning the yeah. police. Yeah, I'm I'm not real big into you know the whole zero tolerance policies. Uh, no matter what it is, to be honest. I think they hamstring police officer discretion, especially. Yes. Um, and this is discussed in books like Thinking About Crime, a very famous book um, written in the 1970s that was then kind of the formation of a lot of things that the Giuliani administration and Bratton took on right. back in the 90s to help reform the, the, the criminal justice and, and the way the police operated in New York. The whole broken windows. The whole broken windows police. Right. It's partly based upon at least limiting zero-tolerance policies to give the police and prosecutors, but especially the police, because it always starts with the police, right? Sure. They're on the front lines, giving them greater discretion. Two, this helps, meaning the First Step Act, helps eliminate the thing that I really don't like more than anything else, 
and being a criminal defense lawyer, this makes perfect sense. Sure. And that's called what I call one-size-fits-all justice. And the part of the problem with one-size-fits-all justice is that it is encouraged by both sides. It, it's not a liberal argument. It's not a conservative argument. It's actually both at times. Conservatives like those who like – not all yeah. conservatives like for, like zero-tolerance policies or one-size-fits-all sentencing. Yeah, me being one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and not all liberals like them either. Right. Okay? But you have an argument for that on both sides of the spectrum. On the conservative side, the argument is law and order. Yep. So they want mandatory minimums for law and order. Let's take mandatory minimum sentencing. So they want law and order. They want everybody treated the same. One size fits all. On the left, they're worried about equal treatment. They don't want the person of color or the young poor individual treated differently from uh, the son of the wealthy you know, family that belongs to the country club. Yeah. Like that. So they want equal justice. So therefore, in a way, mandatory minimums. One size fits all justice. Sure. In my mind, one size fits all justice is where you get a lot of injustice when it comes down to the individual defendant. Because every defendant is different. Every person is an individual human being. And the person that has to make the ultimate decision in a case where a person is either found guilty of what they're accused of or they plead guilty to what they're accused of is the judge. And judges have to judge. It's their job to judge. Right. It's not my job to judge as a defense lawyer. It's my job to defend. The prosecutor's job is not to judge. It's yeah. the prosecutor. Sure. The police officer's job is not to judge. Your the police officer's job is to arrest. Right. Probable right. cause and lock somebody up. Oh. Right. Everybody has their own uh, power under the separation of powers concept in a courtroom, right? All part of the criminal justice system. All part of the criminal justice system. So who judges the judge? Well, uh, what legislators have tried to do is take that discretion in judging away from the judge and create one-size-fits-all justice. And then nobody complains about it because everybody kind of wants to support it for one reason or another. But at the end of the day... That's where you get a lot of injustice. And this deals with that, meaning the First Step Act, really does a good job of dealing with that because it eliminates some of that and gives more judicial discretion. Interesting. Now, you know, I know that, you know, under the uh, 1994 crime bill, you know, and and the war on drugs back when, uh, you know, crack was king on the streets of, uh, of our major cities. Yes. You know, that, that a lot of there were there's a there's thousands serving which some people would say outdated sentences for these crimes we'll talk about that and a whole lot more dealing with the first step act when arrested continues on the new talk 1067